You are listening to the PT and the Give Dog podcast, episode 60. It's an emergency pod as we break down the stunning news around Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens for our Boston Celtics. Let's get in and do this. All right, so we were, uh, with, with the season ending last night, uh, lost to the Nets, something that was uh, entirely expected given all the injuries. Uh, you know, in the back of my head, I was thinking, what's what's our season-ending pod going to be? Are we going to try to grade players? Are we going to talk about whether Aaron Neesmith is a is a B- or a C-plus on the season? Um, you know, that's, I mean, that that's, that's, ter- that's terrible <laughs> podcast content. That didn't sound like that. much fun. We probably no. would have just not podcasted for four months uh, until uh, the fall with the Red Sox and the Patriots and, and, and things like that. Um, then 9.26 a.m. Danny Ainge is seriously considering his future with the franchise and can make a decision to step down, sources tell ESPN. Uh, and that next hour was a flurry. Um, I don't even, I'm, I'm trying to look through my texts right now. I can't, I can't only, I mean, we must have sent a thousand texts within, within that hour. Um, first, speculating. No, Danny, who's the new GM going to be? Um, a lot of, a lot of Masai Ujiri, uh, commentary back and forth. I think you and I were totally on that, on that bandwagon. I think we would, we had talked ourselves into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I had thrown out both Daryl Morey and, uh, you had thrown out Sam Presti and I had thrown out Sam Hinkie. We were, we were going in a lot of different places here. Um, and then at 10 20 AM, Brad Stevens is planning to transition from his current role into becoming the new head of basketball operations at the Celtics. Danny Ainge plans to resign. Uh, that was at 1020. That was at 1020. By... That was at 1020. But did someone ask the question? So he's going to do both? Because I think for a split I second, did. people, people, yeah. So you expected he was going to do both. He was going to pull a Flip Saunders, a Stan Van Gundy, uh, you know, uh, one of those. Those are the recent ones. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so you texted what I said, whoa, Kepler gave the whoa face. I said, <laughs> um, they could still hire a president. So I'm like, okay, they'll hire someone over Brad to be the real GM. And I said, but wait, is Brad still the coach? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Uh, it said transition, not add to. Um, and then I think you, you got the Woj, the Woj tweet that, uh, uh, he was no longer going to be the head coach and they're starting to look for candidates. I think when we closed our last, pod that we did which wasn't too long ago um, i think i asked the question most likely to not be involved with the celtics organization at at the at the end of this upcoming off season and we said danny ainge brad stevens yep. marcus Dana, smart right? and i think oh, we smart. all said marcus smart and we all we both yeah. said marcus smart, smart but, right well danny beat us to it proved us wrong smart could be gone too it could be two of yeah. them but we certainly know one of them sticking around so I think that was at 1020. I think by 1022, I had sent my, my subtle, I kind of like it. And then by 1027, I think you had said, uh, I'm kind of on board with this. So it took us combined less than 10 minutes to, uh, to, be, to be on board with this. But um, this, this, this was out of nowhere. And I have not listened to, I've read a bunch on Twitter. I have not listened to any other podcast. I know there's a ton of podcasts out there that I'm looking forward to listening to, but you're getting this fresh perspective on a Wednesday yes. night, uh, same day as the news. Um, this, this was a, a huge surprise, but now that, now that you've had a little time to think about it, um, it kind of makes sense on a lot of levels, but I guess, uh, t- tell me more about how you've been able to process, 
because the Celtics organization, we've had one, one, one GM for the last 18 years. Um, before Ainge, it was Chris Wallace very briefly. Before him, it was Rick Pitino. Um, on the coaching side, Steven's been here for eight years. I think Doc was on board for, was it nine seasons? Um, eight or nine seasons. Um, so, so not a lot of changes. And then to have both happen the same day uh, and a work day <laughs> at that. Um, I, I guess, talk me through your, your range of emotions as, as you've been trying to process this day. Well, it didn't make for a very productive morning, that's for sure. Um, but that's all right. Um, so, you know how we said, like, we were talking ourselves into, into it in a span of like five, seven minutes as we were processing the news. It's almost like, do we have no choice but to talk ourselves into it? Um, you obviously see, number one, the esteem with which Wick Grossbeck, Steve Paliugob, the, the guys really making the calls in the Celtics organization, how they feel about Brad Stevens. You see why now, why Brad was not touching the Indiana job, whether 70 million over seven years or whatever the contract was. You can see why he wasn't touching that because he knew he, he knew he had his job here in Boston, whether it be the head coach. Obviously I think they had been, him and Danny had been talking about this possibility. At least that's what the two of them are saying, you know, within the last couple of years since age had his, you know, his, yeah. his, um, his mild heart attack um, during the playoffs. I think it was the year before the bubble. Um, I, I, I mean, no wonder he didn't go to Indiana. He had an NBA president of basketball operations job likely waiting for him at the end of the season. Um, he came out today and said that he knew last night he was coaching his last game as head coach. So, this has full out been the plan, you know, I'd say for, for a couple months now, um, you know, obviously Wick Grossbeck said that when they knew Danny Ainge was going to be stepping down when he kind of gave him that news around the trade deadline um, at first Wick, I guess he said, went to Brad and said, Hey, let's do this together. Um, let's find the guy, but maybe you should throw your hat in the ring too, which makes you think that this was Grossbeck's intention, his plan all along, that maybe Ainge is having these conversations with Stevens about the possibility of it, but Ainge is also telling Wick and Pags, hey, Brad's the guy, you know, and, 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 I, and it, I can understand people's apprehension about it because he's never been an executive. Being a head coach and being an executive is very different. It's normally a transition you see later in life, like you you saw Pat Riley do it, you know, when you left the Knicks, he went to the Heat. He coached right. Danny, well, Danny Ainge actually, did he rever did he reverse? Did he start he, he, in the front? He, co he, co he coached from '96 to '99. Uh, I think Kerr went reverse, right? Um, I thought. Well, Kerr definitely went reverse. Ainge um, coached from '96 to '99. Then he went but to I TNT. Thought, but I thought Ainge was an executive with the. Sons and then moved down to the bench. Possibly. I don't think he was a GM though. He might've been like, he in was the in the front office, office doing okay. something. Yeah. Um, and he moved down to the, he moved down to the bench with Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Even like a Lawrence Frank has, has, has done the coach to, oh, to sure. Jim Rude. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, but you don't, it's normally something you see most of the time. A later in life move for or, a coach. Or, or for those who are bad coaches. Well, those no no bad offense coaches. to Lawrence. No offense to Lawrence Frank, sure. but like he's yeah, probably a better yeah. GM than a coach. Probably. Um, and, but you see the Pat Riley's who coached and then moved upstairs to the front office. And then I know Pat had a, had a, had a brief period where he came down and actually coached that heat team with Wade and Shaq to the championship. Um, 
we'll, yeah. we'll touch more on that later as we, as, we, as we get down the line and talk about how this might unfold. Um, but it's just, here you get Brad Stevens, 44 years old, um, still seems like has a lot of time left in coaching, you would think. You know, again, he's not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination. But I think you really can see how the season, the last Kyrie year that everyone talks about, that kind of led, that was the year that kind of started the beginning of the end of uh, of this run of success we we were expecting. You know, you know from mm -hmm. from this team the last few years. Um, he denied it today, but I think coaching in the bubble, you know, and his time away from his family, I think that kind of that kind of struck him and hit him a little bit. Um, and then I just think the challenges of this year, which people, which people say, and it probably was his most challenging year as, as head coach of the Celtics. Like you put those three years back to back to back to back, the disappointment in 1920, the success in the bubble, getting the Eastern conference finals, but just being in the bubble and being away from your family for that amount of time. And then this trying year this year, you can, it's kind of crazy to say it was a 44 year old burnt out, but yeah, I think he's burnt out a little bit. And this, just presents a new opportunity, a new challenge to him. Um, I think he certainly by no question has the intelligence to do it. He knows the organization in and out. Um, I don't think it's going to be as difficult as a transition for him that people might think it will be. I do think he's going to miss coaching a little bit. You could sense, I don't know if it was just so much happening in, in a 24 hour period where you lose a playoff game and you get eliminated and the emotions that come with that. And then, Literally 12 hours later, he's sitting at a press conference with the two owners and Danny Ainge announcing Danny's leaving the organization. You're becoming the president of basketball ops. That's a lot to process, you know, for, for anybody, you know, in, in that short period of time. So I, you, you, when you're watching that today, you could sense he's going to he's going to miss coaching. And of course, he's going to miss coaching a little bit. But I think that's outweighed by yeah. the new opportunity that presents itself to him. Yeah, it's. um there's a few interesting things to, to go deeper on. Um, I guess let, let's start with uh, <laughs> whose decision was this? Um, I, I, clearly they're spinning it. Whether or not they're spinning it is, is uh, that, that's probably the wrong word to use. But the, the message that is being communicated right now is Danny is ready to retire. He's, he's had the health scares and um, I think he, he does prioritize time with family. Uh, and golf, golf, Pat, not time with the family, golf. I mean, everyone knows from the last dance. He did it. That, he uh, did his last toucher and rich interview last week. He, we really, I really should have seen this coming, not to cut you off, but he's doing his interview from the golf course, literally like between shots, like with his amazing. AirPods in, like that's he literally, he, he really sounded like he could give two, you know, what's about this upcoming <laughs> series with Brooklyn. So yeah, it's golf. It's absolutely, it's, it's family, it's his health, but golf's obviously a big part of it. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's, what's being messaged there. And, um, it's also, uh, it, it, it's also being communicated that like Wick kind of presented, as you said, the opportunity to, to Brad, like, Hey, would this be something that you're interested in? Um, lest not forget this team has underperformed. Uh, and when teams underperform, oftentimes there are changes and, uh, this, this team right now, the roster is still primarily benefiting from a trade that took place eight years ago. Um, and a lot of first round picks that have not necessarily paid, panned out, uh, this past free, free, uh, season's free agency definitely did not pan out. Um, so 
could could there have been a little bit of like, hey, maybe it is it is time for a change as well. So could it could it have been a little bit more mutual? Uh, and and on the Stevens front, uh, I don't. We 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 can talk a little more about it, but is he someone who better connects with younger teams without this veteran tension that we're feeling uh, this year? I mean, I think some of his best years were the years with the Isaiah Thomases and the Evan Turners that he was able to get far more the Jay Crowders. He was able to get Avery Bradley. He was able to get far more out of those teams than one would have expected. And um, you can say both in 2019 uh, as well as this year that the team underperformed given the talent that they had there. So um, hard to read the tea leaves and we'll see what comes out. I I doubt too much will come out because I think uh, this group is pretty, pretty locked up in terms of how they're communicating. But uh, as you kind of alluded to, is is this what kind of Wick Grossback, the owner of the Celtics kind of wanted all along where, Hey, my coach and my GM, maybe, maybe it's not working out so well in their current roles. Um, This coach is someone we want to keep in our organization. He's someone that we see as, as pretty, paramount to the long-term success of, of the Celtics organization. Um, let's let him try his hand at coaching or, or sorry, uh, being, being GM. And um, there probably is something to the burnout as well. And we can talk a little more about that as well, but I, I guess, how much do you see uh, this as this is what Angel Stevens wanted versus what, this is what Grossback wanted. And um, they've, they've kind of communicated in a way to make it seem like, you know, rah, 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 everyone's happy. I really do think it's Ainge wanting wanting out, wanting to step aside, just wanting a break from it. And the fact that that was the case, I think, presented them this opportunity to do this. If if Danny Ainge doesn't want to retire, Danny Ainge is still the president of basketball operations for the Celtics, and Brad Stevens is still the head coach. Didn't we talk? So we talked about it on the pod a, few, a couple weeks ago about maybe Brad elevating to to some role that was kind of like sorry ainge elevating to some role that like was kind of ceremonial um, yeah almost like I think a, we did speculate almost like it. almost like when red Auerbach moved to yeah. become the president of the celtics but wasn't yeah. really involved in basketball it was a title yes, yeah exactly. something like that but we weren't thinking that brad stevens would step up into in, in into you know that role like you you, yeah. you know we figured oh mike zaren takes over or austin ainge like i know we've talked about that i mean clearly they don't see those two guys as you know president of basketball operations. Some guys are just destined to be number two or three, you know, in, in a decision-making tree that can be valuable in what they bring. Obviously Zarin with his knowledge of the cap and just, you know, all that, all that stuff's valuable, but that doesn't necessarily make you a, you know, a, I don't want to say figurehead, but you know, the, 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 the top, the top of an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we so, always so, thought that we, we yeah. always thought if Ainge moved into that ceremonial role that a new GM would come in and Brad would be the coach. Like, you know, that, that was, yeah. that, that's kind of what I think we saw, you know, in, in their immediate future here, if Ainge was to step aside, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, my only disagreement was I, I do think Zaren can lead an organization. I know a lot of teams do approach him from time to time, but he grew up but a Celtics never, fan. But he's, he's never gotten job. it though. But he's never, yeah, but he's never taken it. He's never taken it. He's never gotten 18 years. Right. He hasn't, he, I mean, you know, sports way better than I do in terms of how, how one moves up in organizations. You, you, you can't, right? Like it's, uh, no, someone has to with, move with, on, right? Sure. With the Celtics, that opportunity didn't afford himself, but I mean, he had to have known if, if, if they're as good buddies as they say they are, mm-hmm. he had to have known Danny wasn't going anywhere for, you know, throughout this entire stretch until now. And I mean, he's had an opportunity to go to some really good organizations. Yeah. Like I think Phil, the 76ers wanted him. Yeah. Right. Um, 
I think the did Sacramento try to approach him? Um, I forget the teams know, that have Boston ties, but yeah, but that's my point. Like, was he really was he really the top choice, or did he get to around and they decided no? Maybe he's I I don't know. I, I think he also is in his dream job. He grew up a Celtics fan and like, this is amazing. And I think he can be, ha- I'm not going to get into his mind, but like, I think he can be happy uh, in the current role that he's in, which is, I, I assume he's, what was he? Assistant GM or, or VP? Yep. I, I forget his exact title. Um, and, may, and maybe and, he, maybe yeah. he gets named general manager, you know, that that's yeah. what they say. Hey, you yeah. will be the general manager, but you still got Brad above who's the president of basketball ops. Which... Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that very well might happen. And um who knows how long Stevens will be in this role too. So if he keeps doing a job, you never know. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, back, 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 back to what you were saying. It's certainly a surprise that uh, uh, we, we would, I mean, is there any precedent for a current head coach who is doing well in the role to be elevated to, to GM? I mean, we've, we've had coach, we've had coach GMs who have had to shed one of those titles and usually it's GM. Um, I, I know Thibodeau, I think, had to shed the GM. Um, with Minnesota I forget, recently. I forget Mike Dunleavy with the Clippers. I know he was doing both for a while. I think he lost to GM yeah. responsibilities. Um, so so oftentimes Stan, you see a coach. Stan, yeah. Stan Van Gundy, I think, kept it throughout with the Pistons most that worked recently. Out well. Yeah. Um, yeah pa- Popovich and Buford have, like, whatever relationship they have. Well, Popovich, Popovich – Popovich was the opposite. Popovich started as the GM of the Spurs and then came downstairs to coach um, and then maintained that control, but had, you know, and then eventually RC Buford comes along and they obviously worked hand in hand in everything they did. Um, Popovich did it the other way. Yeah, no, I really can't think of somebody who went immediately from being the head coach of their team who experienced, uh, you know, a level of success. People, especially recently, a lot of people have kind of fallen off the Brad Stevens train and not necessarily calling it a failure, but not really like they're saying he made three Eastern Conference finals, but he never got to finals. You know how hard it is to get to an NBA finals? I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to do. He made seven playoffs in eight years, inheriting a team that had traded away basically all its players. Um, and yeah, he, he had some help from, from the draft uh, in terms of the things he was able to do, but you know, he, he, he averaged a 46 win season for right. eight seasons, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, it is. It is. So yeah, I, you and I think agree. Yeah. Level of success. So, you know, I no, there hasn't been a, we've never seen something like this. It's, it's a new, it's a new, it's certainly a, a first. And, yeah. um, you know, when we first saw the news, like, is he going to do both? Well, they made it very clear that, and, and ownership said, you can't do both those jobs in Boston. And I think that there is yeah. certainly, <laughs> there's certainly an element of truth to that. You really can't do both those jobs, period. Um, no, you know, right. if, if you want to be an effective, you know, effective organization. Um, and I think the recent track record of guys trying to do it is not very good. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're both jobs that require one's i mean 100 hours a week of, of attention and focus and uh perspective to, to do both the 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 on-court development and tactics as well as the scouting and, and setting up one's organization and roster for, for uh for, for long-term success so um but i mean overall as i kind of mentioned i'm i'm excited about the move i think brad stevens is someone you want in your organization i think if he picks a role you tell him that's great. Let's do it. Um, assuming that he continues to perform well. Um, and I'm excited. I think he has a coach's perspective 
he has seen all these players and coached against all these players that he's going to be kind of evaluating from, from his new GM lens. Uh, and presumably he'll be the one very directly involved in hiring a coach. Uh, and if anyone knows what this team needs, it's the guy who's been sitting on that bench uh, calmly uh, staring at his team falling apart uh, and having injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, he, I think you're spot on on that. He knows kind of what he he obviously knows himself very well. He knows the team very well. He, I mean, obviously he knows he could continue. He could have continued to succeed in the head coach chair, but he'll know he'll be able to look at candidate A and candidate B and be able to say, these guys who might talk, whatever it comes down to two or three people that he's making his decision based on, this person has a certain quality that I might not necessarily, might not necessarily be considered one of my strengths that I think, this particular team and really this particular team, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need or could benefit from. Yep. You know, you know, a, a, a certain push, a certain edge, a certain way of motivating that, you know, and eventually you can still be, listen, you can still be a, you can still be very good and competent in your job. Um, you can still have the respect and, you know, the attention of your players, but sometimes like, a new voice is needed for sure. You know, let, let's look at the Red Sox with Terry Francona started in 04, had the two world series runs the, the disaster that is the 2011 season happened. And, you know, obviously Francona was, was, was let go after that. But I bet if uh, I bet, even if they had succeeded down the stretch of that 2011 season and, you know, say they didn't win the world series, but at least got close Francona's time as manager of the Red Sox probably wasn't going to be very long, even if he was, you know, experiences experience of success. You know, a lot of the, you know, ten, you know, pushing ten years and beyond as the head coach of a, of, of an organization yeah. like Bill Belichick is an exception of the rule on the NBA side. Eric Spolster is an, expe- an exception of the rule. It doesn't happen, and it doesn't really happen in Boston very often. Um, yeah. so, you know, yes, being a head coach for eight years in one spot is a lot being the head coach of the Boston Celtics and the scrutiny that comes with it and the expectations that come with it is certainly a lot and you need something to kind of reinvigorate you. And here we yeah. have it. And, and with both, uh, in, in our prior employers have been fortunate to be, to be employed for a stretch of similar timing in terms of your, I think close to 10 years and, and myself, seven and a half years at places we previously worked and, it's, it's, it's a long time in one place and you can build amazing connections, but, uh, both for that organization and, and oneself, it's, it's, it's good to, uh, explore different opportunities, different roles, things along those lines. So, um, yeah, a, a little bittersweet, um, before, before, I mean, the exciting thing for us to talk about is, uh, now we have a head coach opening, which we haven't had in <laughs> eight years. Uh, do, do nor, we want to start nor, there? Nor were, we, nor were we really expecting. Let's no, 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 we were not. Um, do we want to start there? Or do you want to spend a, a few minutes on Ainge and, and Steven's kind of memory lane in terms of some of your favorite moments from, from their tenures? Where, where would you prefer to start? I, I think we should start with, let's put, let's put the past in the past and then look to the future to close it out. So. Okay. Okay. So, so, so Danny Ainge, 18 years, uh, 15 seasons making the playoffs in those 18 years. Um, which is, which is pretty, pretty, pretty damn impressive. He missed in, actually, you can probably just tell me, uh, what, what were the three seasons that he missed? Um, well, let me start with this. I remember when he was hired. I don't know if you remember this. He got hired during the playoffs. The Celtics were in the process of getting swept by the 
then New Jersey Nets in the second round of the NBA playoffs that year. So it was the year after they made the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Nets. But I remember mm-hmm. I was driving into, I was going to game three, I believe. This was back when Pearsall's dad had company tickets that were really yeah, good. Yeah. And nice. I went to the game with Pearsall and his dad. And um, we remember driving in and we were listening. They had the, I, I thought it was a little weird at the time that they had the press conference for Danny Ainge right in the middle of a playoff series on the day yeah, of a playoff weird. game, of a playoff game. So I, I remember vividly when he was, when he was hired and when he took the job. Um, and then that off season, he kind of lost me when he traded Antoine Walker. Like, uh, you Mike, know, Mike, so, did, Mike did not like so that Mike move. did not like Danny Ainge right away. Um, Mike, Mike had a tough blow between uh, Antoine getting shipped out Drew getting Bledsoe getting benched a few years it was later. A, it, it, it was a, tough, a tough couple of years. No, well, no, the, the 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 Drew benching came first. No, I know that. This I know was two thousand three. So that was yeah, the, the the Drew benching, the Antoine Walker trade, Dallas. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I uh, and then the middle of that next season, Jim O'Brien after having the run, he quits, yeah. calls and quits. Um, I'm sorry. So, so yeah, so the, so that's. So yeah, the start of the Danny Ainge, ex, you know, experiment. Like, I don't know if you recall, people weren't happy with him initially. Like, even even the Doc Rivers hiring, uh, even the Doc Rivers hire, tough, people tough were kind of like, huh? Yeah, well, it was, and and people weren't sold on it, you know, initially. Like, his first, his first couple. Of, I know they made the playoffs the first year under Doc before they had those two years that were that were kind yeah, of yeah. We were at Game before. Seven. It was terrible. We were we were at Game Seven. But uh, lest we forget, they, 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 they people, lost to the people, Artest Melee yeah, Pacers. People were calling for Danny Ainge's head two, three years into his, you know, his stint as general manager. Um, so, or president of basketball ops, whatever his title then. You, yeah, um, yeah. But I, that, I just, I, I remember vividly when he came in, what he felt that swapping Antoine Walker for Rafael France was a good idea. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, <laughs> it wasn't at all. Um, so yeah, a lot of moves he made early on were, 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 were met with some big time question marks. Um, so those were two of those seasons that they didn't make the playoffs where yep. we're, 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 we're right away. Two of his first full three, full three seasons. Then he traded for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and don't have to really talk much about that stretch, but he, he kind of turned it around really, really fast. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean they're 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 getting Rondo uh, in terms of being able to draft him from the Suns. I think that was 06. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the trades for Ray Allen uh, and and Kevin Garnett uh, will will be his legacy. Um, some 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 not so great moves. I think the the Kendrick Perkins trade what was that 2010. I want to say uh, yeah. 2011, maybe end of 10, early 2011. When the, when the Celtics uh, were like 28 and three or whatever, like we're just cruising, something like that. Yeah, that was a team that looked like it could go up against the the Heat um, in terms of that that Heat team. I think it was the Heat's team's uh, first year uh, mm-hmm. together that year. Um, but you look about it, there's uh, you know, yes, the, that was just that. No, the timing of that, looking back, was tough, really gutted the team. But if you look at it, these are the decisions that executives have to make. Unfortunately, yep. you don't get them right off every time. And and Perks just coming off the ACL tear. You know, where he tore his ACL in game six of the finals the previous year. He was back playing. So there's question marks. How's he going to respond to that? 
Um, he's going to be a free agent, obviously command a lot of money. They didn't have the cap space True. to sign him. And at the time, Shaquille O'Neal was playing incredible. He was. He I don't was know if you remember well. that. I don't know if you remember that season. He was incredible. And you still had Jermaine O'Neal in the fold. So they felt they had the depth at that position to get through that season. Obviously, Shaq got hurt. And that just kind of derailed everything. Jermaine O'Neal had a decent playoffs. Dwayne but Wade threw Rondo down. <laughs> threw Rondo down and broke his elbow. Yeah. So, yes, looking back on it, I mean, it's, it's one of his moves that you certainly question whatsoever. But you could see – you can understand why he felt yeah. he had to do. Yeah. No, um, I mean, he, he, he made the moves that he needed to make. And, I mean, th- then you get to that last era of, uh, of course, the aging Garnett, Pierce, Jason Terry for uh, – picks that became um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. One facilitated um, you to be able to trade for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. In, t- in terms of, in terms of what they were able to get in, in terms of draft capital for, for, for that move. Um, uh, and, and, and that kind of reset this organization and along with Brad Stevens uh, in terms of tr- trading doc, essentially um, only, only one season where you missed the playoffs and all of a sudden you're back in it. Uh, and then that was the next seven seasons. And again, works some magic, get, getting Isaiah Thomas off the scrap heap um, moves for, for folks like Jay Crowder to build, to build culture. Um, Evan Turner time. took swings yeah. on Evan Turner and hit like he, he took swings on guys that hit the Evan Turner's, yeah. like you said, the Jay Crowder's trading for Isaiah Thomas um, was able to get Al Horford to sign as a free agent. Gordon Hayward to sign as a free agent. Came damn, damn near near close to get Kevin Durant signing. Uh, it was the, the first time. It was the first time two big time free agents, like considered the top free agents, like considered the upper echelon free agents of the market, chose to come to Boston under his watch. So and then the, and and the, and the Kyrie Irving trade looks like. I mean, if you forget about the 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 you know mo- most of his time in Boston, like what a heist that was. Uh, Kyrie is an unbelievable basketball player. Um, and to get him for what well, sadly was a, was a, was an injured Isaiah Thomas and a pick that Jerry Crowder, Colin Se- Colin Auntie, Auntie Zizich and a pick, which turned into Colin Sexton. I mean, yep. what a steal right there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad they weren't able to sign him and that's not for this podcast. Um, but I, I think one of the, I'm, done, I'm, done, I'm done, done talking about that okay, guy. We're done. That. Let's, move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I mean, it, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun 18 year run. Um, it's all we know. I mean, I remember, I mean, I, we were, I think juniors in high school when, when he signed, mm-hmm. I remember it too. I remember talking to you about at work as we were thinking about, okay, what's he going to do to the Celtics team uh, that w- w- was clearly in, in the need to, to be reinvented and the way that he w- went about reinventing it ended up not being the right, the right way. But uh, you know, he figured it out over time and he learned as a GM and um, we'll, we'll see what he does next. Um, I know. You can't, I know you- you can't not label it as a success at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you can, you can, I, I think, I think the, 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 the questioning of him holding on to draft picks, you know um, you know, I, I think that that criticism is certainly fair. Um, they've certainly been a, a, a they're, they're certainly. But they also a hold flawed, on to the picks that became Tatum and Brown. So like it goes right. both ways. Certainly a, certainly a flawed roster um, from that standpoint. Um, uh, you, you, we talk about, getting Al Horford and Gordon Hayward and trading for Kyrie Irving, but 
in a sense. And I know they got a trade exception for Hayward that's turned into Evan Fournier, you know, and, and play that game. But those guys who you did sign left for nothing, you know, more or less. And that's tough. That's a tough, yeah. tough, tough hit. You look at kind of what the, the talent that was assembled on this roster. And yes, the pieces didn't fit three years ago in, in, in the last Kyrie year, but you just look at that roster of Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, granted Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't what they are. Weren't what they weren't then what they are today. Um, you know, supporting cast pieces like Marcus Morris and, you know, I mean, just the squad that they had together <laughs> was very impressive. Yeah. It was Terry Rozier. The talent was just very, very impressive. And it just, it didn't work. But the fact that so many of those pieces left for, left for yeah. nothing. Tough. You know, that's, that's tough. And I think a little bit of criticism. I mean, if one guy, you know, departs and, you know, leaves for nothing. Yes, that happens. That's free agency, but just, how many happened in this short amount of time and has left this team kind of where it is? Yes, the the successes certainly outweigh, you know, the not-so-great things. But we're left to kind of yeah. remember the not-so-great things here at the end. And I think he certainly deserves some criticism for it. And I think he'd be the first one to agree that he does deserve the criticism for it. Yeah. So so if you if you, if you assume the first four years he was getting his guys on the roster or whatever you want to say – of those next 14 years, they made the final four, so the Eastern Conference Finals, in six of those 14 seasons. So almost half the time, uh, the Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, made two finals, one uh, one. You know, it, it's too bad. I mean, another year where they did not make the Eastern Conference Finals, 2009, they were a better team than they were in 2008, and a better team than they were in 2010. So. Uh, how much I'm guessing Simmons probably talked about it in his podcast because he wants to do this. Like how many titles do you expected this, these Boston franchises to, to win? You'd probably say two. So winning one, not ideal, but Hey, they won one. There's a bunch of franchises. They they won won one. They were extremely close to a second. And you could have argued that in the year between the two finals appearances, that that team was set to get back to the finals again. And then Kevin Garnett got hurt. And then there's that, and then there's there's 2013 as well, uh, where they took that Miami team. I mean, they got 20, some luck. That was 2012. This is the second time yeah, right, in two sorry, consecutive sorry, pods. Right. I've yep, connect, yep. corrected you on the timeline. 2012. <laughs> I, I have a reason. I, I was in San Francisco, but I hadn't moved yet. It's, it's on me. Okay. It's on me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they got lucky with the Rose injury to play the Philly instead of Chicago. But, you know, they 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 took the heat to, to seven hard games to the fourth quarter, and I think they would have beaten that Thunder team. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's that's Danny. I agree. Um, this has been a, a a longer memory than I than I probably was planning, and I apologize for talking too much. I guess we can go probably quicker on Brad. Um, again, eight years, seven times in the playoffs, three uh, Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Was not able to get over the hump to the finals. I, I don't think they would have beaten the Warriors um, or the, uh, the the Lakers um, in, in the years that they. Uh, could have made the final. So it would have been a hard to, this was never the best team in the NBA, the way that that 08, 09, 2010 Celtics uh, were right up there with, with the Lakers um, in those years. But um, I guess, I guess any, any, any memories that jump out, especially from the, from the Stevens era? Um, I, I mean, you, you talked about at first to see a guy who's 
you know, better to, to coach a bunch of young guys or a bunch of guys that not too much is expected of. And you saw that right away in his first year, um, you know, when, you know, halfway through the year when they shipped Rondo out of town, like he had guys like Jordan Crawford, like Jordan Crawford playing at a, you know, a, a, an impressive level and getting a lot. I liked him at, uh, was he at Xavier? I loved him at Xavier. So I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously then next year, you bring back a lot of, you know, a lot of the same guys, add a few, you know, new, new guys to the mix and they get to the, they get to the playoffs. Um, one of the obviously helped in big way by the play of Isaiah Thomas who they, you know, picked up at the deadline, but what a steal. Um, right. You could, you could say like the, 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 that year. And then the, the year that, you know, followed that up where they made the playoffs again, uh, lost to Atlanta in the first round, but just a little bit more of a solid team. You could obviously say with, you can, you can actually say that I think with the talent on both of those teams, um, what he had to work with, you could say those were probably his two best coaching jobs, yeah. um, you know, of his tenure. Um, you know, that's, I mean, it's, and, you know, when, when you're given, when you're given the, when you're, when you're given the roster that has Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and all those guys I mentioned before, like the talent and, you know, the, 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 the front end talent that accumulated in that roster, it's tough to make those pieces fit. It's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough job for a coach. Um, you know, and, and I don't think saying necessarily like criticizing him for not being able to do that is totally fair because it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, you know, to, to, to manage guys, to manage egos, like, you know, the, the, obviously the best thing that I think Brad Stevens' strengths as a head coach, without a doubt, are his preparation that he puts into his game planning. Obviously, his in-game coaching, his X's and O's, his after timeout plays. Um, actually saw someone on Twitter tweet today. Um, whoever we hire as head coach, can we still agree that Brad still gets to draw up the after timeout plays? Um, <laughs> That's great. So you could so you could say that all those things are his are his strengths, but you know, the, 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 the area that he certainly, I think lacked in the most was managing egos without difficult personalities, difficult personalities, making, making the puzzle fit together. Um, you know, I think that was his biggest struggle. I think he'd probably be one of the first people to admit it. Um, and I, and, and, and I, and I, but at the same time, I don't want to like criticize him too much for, because it's, it's hard for a lot of people to do. Look, it was hard for Brett Brown to do with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And look now what Doc Rivers is doing with the Sixers this year. Just what a, what a, what a, what a tale of two different seasons makes for them. Um, you know, it's a tough thing to do. Not everyone can do it. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, one thing, you know, we're going to, one thing we're going to say here, I mean, he, he had a great line today in his press conference where they asked him what he's looking for in the new coach. He said, well, because the good news is, and kind of being the humble Brad Stevens that he is, you know, the good news is this person won't have to follow Doc Rivers like I did. <laughs> there is some, there, there is. And then, some and then he said, he would, and then he said they won't have to follow Danny Inch into GM into the GM role like I am doing now. So <laughs> right. they just have to follow yeah, some other no, guy. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I think that there is a little bit to that where there's there there is for a little bit of period of time, despite again, kind of similar to Ainge where you remember, you're going to remember kind of the, the, the lack of success the Celtics have had here towards the end of Ainge's tenure. You're going to kind of think the same way about Stevens's tenure as 
as head coach, like the last couple of years, not being as successful, um, you know, as the beginning of it. But I, I think there is going to be some level of whoever comes into the, the chair next, there's going to be some comparisons to, to Brad Stevens. Like he's still, I think very well respected within the coaching world. He's still an exceptional basketball coach. If he was a free agent coach out on the market right now, he'd be at the top of everybody's lists. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Uh, well, 25, 20 to 25 teams list. There are probably some teams that would, what he would I'm not saying, be on top of, but I'm saying any coach that had an opening, that's what I'm saying. Fair, any, fair, any, fair. Organiza- any organization that had an opening for a coach, excuse me, fair. he would be, he would be at the top of that list. Um, so I think there is a little bit of, there's going to be a little bit of living up to, you know, I, I think with whoever comes in next. Yep. Um, I just, yeah. Uh, other, other memories that come to my mind, I think it was, was it in 2017 where he was coaching the all-star team and he, uh, pregame, he had, he had his video crew, like spin up highlights yep. of all the all-stars when they were in high school and like, just like kind of shocked that room. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's yep. a, that's a room with LeBron and Carmelo and a lot of personalities. And uh, I think Brad impressed that, that crew. And I think he was like 40. So a pretty, pretty young guy at that point. And I think, and I think that what you're saying there is I I think that quality that he has, like an ability to connect with people is still there. Like, I still think he has an ability to connect with people like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like being able to connect with a guy and being able to coach them and get the most out of them. I think are two very different things when it comes to being a head coach in the NBA. So what you're talking about yeah. there, that experience of how he impressed the 12 all-stars in that Eastern conference locker room, um, that quality I think can help him when he's trying to lure free agents here in the future. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think there's, I, th- I think those qualities will certainly, will certainly help him in his new role. Yeah. Um, question for you, favorite ATO, favorite after timeout play in the Brad Stevens eight year era not that you've spun up synergy to watch all of them but oh there's one that comes to my mind that i think you'll say but I'm curious if you no, if you, you, go, uh, you go you you go you go ahead first my, my my i'll be honest my memory of after timeouts just is not very specific things it's it's, it's not great it should be better i know there's been a ton of them but you, you game you, four you talk- i think it's game four correct me if i'm wrong uh 2018 philadelphia 76ers the lob to horford Yes. Um, mm-hmm. On the other side of the basket for the layup. Um, mm-hmm. Was that the game where the I was in Amsterdam, so I don't remember. That was exactly. the, that, that was, was the game where the Sixers shot at the buzzer that they thought was a three and they were going to win, it but it was a two. Drop the confetti. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, that that was that was a fun one uh, that comes to mind. Yep. Um, well, the other interesting thing that, that to happen uh, that could happen is if if a future coach is struggling wait for this talk radio on, Hey, is the best coach in the Celtics organization. Uh, not the current head coach. Um, are we going to see a, a GM stepping down an interim? So, uh, when that, I was, that'll, be, that'll be fun. <laughs> when I, I was going to bring that up. So now that you're bringing it up now, let's talk about it. Now I was talking about Pat Riley earlier, how yep. he was the head coach of the heat transitioned to the front office, put the team together, got Shaq in town, um, with Dwayne Wade, and Stan Van Gundy was the coach at the time and Pat Riley walked down those back steps and took over the head coaching role. 
I'm not saying I hope it happens because if it if, if it happens, I think it's not necessarily a good thing for the Celtics. Yeah, but I wouldn't write off that being a possibility. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I'm not saying it happens next year or the year after, but three, four years down the line, if he's still in this president of basketball ops role, and we talked about how eight years is a long time for a head coach. Listen, the next person they bring in, you know, probably won't last the eight years that Brad lasts. And again, it might not necessarily be a fault on insert new head coach name here, but that person's time could come. And Mm -hmm. The new yep. roster complexion at that time could be something that fits more of a Brad Stevens yeah. or, you know, you know, if Tatum and Brown are still around, like you know, you, there's so many, so much stuff can change in just short periods of time with an NBA, within an NBA team, an NBA setting, NBA situation. I think there's a 40% chance that happens in his tenure as president of basketball yeah. and, and and he's got one kid in high school one kid in middle school like as yep. as yep. those kids get older and get closer to the college age he'll have have less that probably ties him to one location and um yeah definitely agree all right are we doing this coaching doing search this. haven't coaching had a chance search. to do this in a long time <laughs> um ha, so how, how do you how do you want to do it do you want to so so we're each going to talk about some of the names that we're excited about do we want to do it Draft style back and forth. Do we want to do you do three, I do three, and you take all let's the good go, ones? Let's go back and forth. All right, you want to so kick so, off? So, so we're going to do three candidates that we think would be good, right? Yeah. Or should yeah. be should be good or should be considered in our in, in our estimation. All right. Yep. Um, Beat us I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna, since they're saying that they're going to talk to their internal guys, the next couple of guys. I am going to identify an internal candidate that I think you have to consider just one because he does have head coaching experience at some level. Um, and two, he's reportedly Jason Tatum's guy on the coaching staff. That's Jerome Allen, mm-hmm. former head coach at Penn. Um, obviously probably the closest thing on the existing coaching staff, or at least on the top tier of the coaching staff that you can consider to be a relatable guy, someone who played the game at a high level, um, you know, kind of that mold that people are feeling like it has to be a former player, someone who has played the game might have a better ability to connect with, with, with the guys on the roster. I think Jerome Allen is someone who's going to get interviewed. I think if any of the guys on the current coaching staff is a serious candidate for the job, he is it because he checks all the boxes. He's Tatum's guy. He's been a head coach before. And not to make it all about this, the fact that he's African-American, I think, I think that, I think that's a, I, I think that's just, I think going to be a, an, 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 an important, a, a consideration, you know, certainly in, in, in the next head coach. I just, yeah, and I, I just, I, I just kind of see it. Yeah. I kind of see it trending. That way. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the Celtics have already said that they want to consider a diverse set of candidates. And I think mm-hmm. uh, Jerome, checks a lot of boxes, not just kind of diversity, but like diversity of his experiences, the way that he has been internally part of this organization. No one knows him better than Stevens. Um, I think, I think the pushback will be 
he's part of this group that wasn't maybe able to connect with this group of players. That being said, we have seen Absolutely. former assistants. Pat yeah. Riley himself was an assistant, right? Uh, yeah. And got elevated to the Showtime Lakers. Was that like West Westfall? Um, uh, uh, Paul Westhead. Yeah. Westhead. I think, um, I, I think, yeah, no, I think, yeah, there, there's certainly, there's going to be that criticism if it was to go that way. I will say what, you, and, and to back up, I was going to say what you just said right there. Things can change when you switch chairs. Sitting in an assistant chair is very different than when you're sitting in the head coach chair. Um, I also think that it, I, this is just my opinion, just with mm-hmm. Brad taking this job, I think, I think you could, I really don't think you would have to worry about if he was to replace himself with one of his guys from his staff. I really think he would give that whoever that person is the opportunity to make it their own and I mean, obviously, he's not going to stay out of it. He's the president of basketball operations, but not meddle in what the day-to-day of coaching and hiring and managing a staff, like, that will be yeah. turned over to whoever this person is. Yeah. But, yes, that'll be, that, that would be the drawback to someone of a, of a Jerome Allen would be the criticisms and the, yeah. and, and the feeling there. And, and yeah. it's like, we need new blood. Like, you're obviously you're, – you're, you're obviously not getting the new blood – now, Ainge leaves. It's not a new. I mean, it's, it's it's a new role, but it's not a new face. Like you got you, you got to think that if they're keeping Brad in the organization in a new role, you got to think they know they're going outside the organization for this. So I wouldn't put the percentage on yeah. Jerome Allen really high. Yeah, um, I would agree. Uh, and again, it, it'll just come down to probably how well he interviews. Um, and one of the people he will presumably be interviewing against is uh, Sam Cassell, um, who's going to be the first person I mentioned, someone who um, was was part of the Celtics organization in the late 2000s, um, uh, before Stevens' time, but uh, knows the Boston organization, obviously a storied career as a player, and has been assistant for the last 12 years um, under coaches like Flip Saunders, um, Doc Rivers, uh, for I think all the Clippers years, um, except maybe he's the first now, one. He's and, a, now he's on that. And now he's in Philly. Philly. Yep. And and you talk about Philly's transformation from Brett Brown to, to Doc Rivers. I mean, how much of that uh, transformation did Sam Cassell play in terms of his involvement with with folks like Ben Simmons and and other places on players on that team? So um, if we do think about this former player mold, uh, mold especially former point guard mold where you talk about uh, Steve Kerr, you talk about Steve Nash uh, and some of these point guards that have become coaches. Um, I think, I mean, Jason Kidd, who may or may not, hopefully not uh, come up in this conversation. Um, He's someone that I think um, he is close to, I think he's ready. I'm not going to say close. He's ready to be a head coach. Um, Will it be Boston for 2021, 2022 season? Maybe. Um, I got to think he's one of the favorites uh, given uh, the reputation he has. And I think the work that he could do. And if he comes from this Doc Rivers school of coaching, that's kind of a coach this team needs. Uh, and that's, and that's what uh, Sam has studied pretty intensely for the past, call it seven, eight years. Yeah. He was, he, he would have been, he was, I, I obviously I had more than three names because I figured we were going to talk about some of the same people. Um, yeah. so Cassell certainly was going to be on my list. Um, yeah, he was actually the first person I think we both kind of thought about today and talked about, and I think would be a, he, he interviewed, I think he interviewed for the 76ers head coaching opening before, or was talked about or bandied about before Doc left the Clippers 
and ultimately vaulted to the front of the line, um, you know, for the Clippers job, uh, for the Sixers job. Um, but yeah, no, everything you just said, um, spot on, obviously someone who won a championship with the Celtics, yes, in a minor role. Um, but I think someone certainly that, you know, would, would be able to bring kind of what Brad Stevens can't, you know, a, 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 a former player, a, you know, a, a I, I like what you said about point guards making the, you know, the best coaches. Like, I, I think you're spot on with all that. I, I would suspect, I would suspect, even though you haven't seen his name pop up yet in any of the, you know, the official um, rumored candidates, um, I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't at the top, at the top of the list. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Who you got for your, your second pick? All right. Second pick. I'm going to the college ranks. Um, but Ooh. not probably, probably not for the college ranks, uh, the, the person that you think. And here's why I, I, I think um, Juwan Howard should be considered. Okay. Okay. Um, he's obviously had some good success at Michigan so far. Um, granted, he took over a program that was in pretty good shape. You know, John Beeline left him with a with a with a with a, with, a, with, a, with a nice setup, but still carried it through for a couple of years and got them to a got them to a Final Four. Did they make the Final Four this year? They were close. If they they, they were close, they were close, close. But had them in contention, had them as the number one team in the country. You know that um, you know this year. Here's here's what I like about Juwan Howard and what what checks checks the boxes for me. Obviously, has some head coaching experience checks the box of former NBA player that played the game at a high level. So certainly would have the respect of the guys in the locker room. I also like that he worked as an assistant with the heat under Eric Spolstra. Um, you know, I think you and I have talked just when we, when we talk about who do we think is the best coach in the NBA right now? I feel like Eric Spolstra, despite how the, 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 the tough end of the season Miami had this year, which just ran into a good bucks team. Um, Spolster is always, always, I think, considered to be one of the top coaches in the NBA. Obviously he's one of the, he's the outside of pop. He's the longest tenured with his current team. Um, you know, so I, 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 I'd like someone from the Spolster coaching tree coming in. Um, and, and I just think, I, 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 I think if we're going to go the former player route, um, I, I think that's I, I think that's someone they have to seriously consider and look at. Will they be able to get him? I don't know. He might be very committed to Michigan, um, you know, that, that being his alma mater and whatnot. But, you know, we, we, we kind of heard this argument. We heard this argument made with why wouldn't Brad Stevens go back to Indiana? Because it's the NBA guys. And, <laughs> I, you, you know, I, I, I think the NBA, the Boston Celtics, that might be something that would pull Juwan Howard away from Michigan. Yeah, I think um, I think Juwan is using the college role to get that head coaching job. Uh, you're just saying thing about Howard too is there's probably not one NBA franchise that immediately jumps out. You're like, oh, that's where Juwan would want to go. Um, he, he played for a bunch of different teams, as you said. He he played under a bunch of um, excellent coaches uh, and ha- has assistant experience as well there. So I don't I, I don't know if I see the Boston connection. Um, but that being said, like there's whatever, 29 NBA head coaching jobs. So if, if one opens up, uh, it, it, it could certainly, um, it could certainly be the right fit for the right person. if that's what they're interested in at that point in time. That's kind of my, that's kind of my outside the box, um, you know, person that I think, you know, I, I don't think is necessarily probably at the top of the list, but with what his credentials are, 
you know, if you're going to look at some of these other people that are rumored, I think he's someone that has to be in the discussion. So we went to the college ranks twice in a row. Uh, three out of four, if you count Tatina. Well, it depends, I guess, if you count uh, um, the guy who came after O'Brien. What was that guy's name? John. Uh, John Carroll. You can't. Thank you. You can't. I'm you not can't, him. You really can't. In, 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 it's, two out, it's, it's two out of three. It would be, be three out of four. You can't count yeah, O'Brien and Carroll because yeah, O'Brien yeah. got O'Brien got promoted after Patino resigned. Like you can't. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, my second pick is going to be Becky Hammond, Ooh. who I don't think I don't think is really an outsider. I think she's getting a lot of buzz. Um, someone who's been Pop- a Popovich assistant in San Antonio for seven years. Uh, someone who has playing experience. Uh, for I think the New York Liberty as well as in, in Russia. So gotten to see like the intensity of, of, of having a, a pretty distinguished playing career. Um, and someone who's just very well respected by uh, the players on what has been a championship French franchise and knows how to build things the right way. And I think she's ready. The question is, is she coaching waiting for the Spurs? How long is Popovich going to go on for? I don't know what they've talked about uh, there in, in San Antonio. Um, my, my view is I think Stevens, he's someone who's willing to make a splash. And if, 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 if Becky Hammond blows him away, which I think she, she probably would given uh, the reputation she has. Um, I mean, that would obviously be a huge move to have a, uh, women's, uh, uh, coaching an NBA franchise, but it's whether it's her or someone else, I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Um, and if she's the best candidate, why not now? So, um, We'll see again, not really any connection to Boston. Uh, it would be um, someone who uh, uh, could be the best fit for uh, a role where there's only 29 openings and they don't always open up. Your argument, that's the second time, that's the second person we've talked about in a row where you said, I don't see the Boston connection. I think I know, Celtics I know it doesn't matter. I know. It no, I think, matter. I think the Celtics job is one of those where it doesn't matter. There is no connection. I think you're right. Like, I think you're right. like is she the, is she the coach in waiting in, in, in San Antonio? Maybe, but it's not like she's leaving being the coach and waiting with the Spurs for the, you know, to, to, to take the, you know, the, the Memphis Grizzlies job or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the Boston Celtics. I know. Yeah. And ownership has a great reputation. Ownership has a great reputation given like age 18 years, Stevens eight years, you have space. Uh, Brad has a great reputation. You're coming into a pretty good situation with a good team. We haven't talked about, this is a stressful role from day one, but I, I think that the types of people we're talking about are, are folks who welcome a challenge. So uh, I don't think you're going to shy away from that. Yeah. And, and, you know, is, you know, is it, there's other people Greg Popovich could turn to, you know, to be his head coach if he decides to hang it up, which I'm not necessarily sure Greg Popovich is done coaching anytime soon. It's probably something that keeps us going, you know, is he, lo- he loves it. He loves he the loves family it. dinners. And- he lost, he lost his wife a couple of years back. So, you know, it's probably, it's probably what his life is now, um, you know, and I, and I, I kind of see him going for a few more years. So if you're Becky Hammond, I don't think you turn down the opportunity to become the head coach of the Boston Celtics in my, my feeling at least. Yep. All that's right. a good one. That's a good one. Yep. I, and I think, I think that's certainly one that's at the top, at the top of their list without question. All right. Um, we got, we got, we got four in the books. We got, um, we got Allen, we got Cassell, we got Howard, and we got Hammond. Let's let's close this thing out. Who, who you got for your final 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 pick? Um, excuse me. 
Um, someone who I think should get some, you should get a look and with the job he did in Brooklyn is Kenny Atkinson. Um, I think right now an assistant coach with the Clippers, Ty Lue, I think is where he's at right now. Um, he kind of got a bit of a raw deal in Brooklyn. Um, emo millennial Kyrie Irving and emo millennial Kevin Durant didn't want him around. Um, <laughs> maybe some que- a little bit of questions about how he dealt with players. Just you kind of watch his demeanor on the sidelines. Um, he always kind of had this angry look on his face. I don't know if you got, that's kind of always the, the feeling I got when watching Kenny Atkinson coach. So it'd be certainly a different sideline demeanor than, you know, kind of what, what Brad Stevens brought, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. As long as he still have the ability to, you know, to get to, to get to JT, to get to JB. Um, I think just with his success that he did have with, a, with, with, with a Nets team that, you know, certainly overachieved prior to them putting the, putting the, putting the big three together, the existing big three, the current roster as it is now, um, did a good job getting the Nets to that kind of level of respectability where they had some of the, and developed some of these guys like the Joe Harris's and the Spencer Dinwiddie's and the, um, and, and Karis Levert who were able to turn into James Harden. Um, you know, these guys that kind of presented a foundation for the Nets to be a team where a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving wanted to go. I know, it was Brooklyn, and there's certainly some element to the argument that that's why they chose there. But there was some good infrastructure in place, and I think Kenny Atkinson certainly played a, a huge role in that. So as far as the player development and someone who's certainly a common NBA coach, and again, one of those guys that I think will be a candidate for other openings that come up this offseason other places, I think he's someone that has to at least get a look. Yep. And I think, I mean, he, he, he's a New York guy, right? So he's from the Northeast too. Not that I have to keep finding connections, uh, but I'm going to keep doing it because why not? It's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, he, he certainly overachieved with that Nets roster. I mean, that the Celtics kind of pillaged, um, but to, to, to get that team pretty competitive. And then of course, like lose the chance to continue coaching. Um, uh, I mean, show, shows that he's someone who, uh, can, can, can take an organization. The question is, did, did he thrive in more of that Brad Stevens early career, like overachieving type phase? How does he do with a team of stars? We just haven't seen that. Um, but uh, I mean, I think the Celts organization is pretty close with former assistant Ty Lue. So I'm sure they can get that perspective from, uh, from, from hearing how he's doing in that assistant role. And he was never really given a chance, like where, where Stevens had <laughs> the talent, had some years where he had some talented rosters to really, yeah work with and see it work he didn't really get a chance because Durant was never really in the fold it was just coaching Kyrie so that he never really got the opportunity to show if he could or not so I I think it's it's fair for someone to give him a shot to be able to do so yep I agree I agree all right last one for me I'm not going to be as fun as, as 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 I probably could be I know I've sent a lot of great texts today with uh who have I said? Rajon Rondo is one that I've texted. Um, <laughs> Steve Kerr, I think, is another one. We talked about that on the pod, maybe. Uh, or maybe we texted about it. I forget. Um, uh, I'm not going to go the KG Pierce, K- 
Kendrick Perkins uh, did you see ludic- ludicrousness. KG that, did an Instagram post where he basically said, hell nah. You know, and just he's not leaving long, Malibu Beach. And this, he's not this, leaving big, this big long thing in KG speak, which is just fantastic. You got to go he find is, it. He's not leaving uh, Malibu Beach. He says, you got to um, have patience to be a head coach. He goes, I do not have that. That's what he said. No. Uh, I will go a former Celtics player, though. Um, sadly, sadly, he only played... 51 games with the Celtics in his thousand game career. Um, number three pick in the, what is it? 1997 draft. Chauncey Billups is going to be the, the last person I mentioned. 1998, no, 1997 draft. That's right. Mike, um, question. Who was Chauncey Billups traded for? By Rick well, the prim- well, the primary guy was uh, Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson. Played a big role in that 01, 02, 02 and 03 season. He did. He did. He um, was traded along with oh, – were, were you going to give more names? Oh, I well, uh, I think going out in the deal with Billups, D. Brown also got traded. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, John Thomas, right? I don't know how you know all this, but yes. Those were three of the people that went out. I don't know if there was a fourth. I can't remember. Roy Rogers also got traded. Roy out. Rogers. Oh, my God. Um, Who else did we get back? You got Kenny Anderson, Zahn Tabak. How do you know this? And I just remember it. I, I have a weird memory. I don't know from how you know this. Trades. This is ridiculous. Zahn, Zahn Tabak and, oh, God, who was the third? There was one more. There was. Tony Massenberg, maybe? No, no? it's uh, Popeye Jones. Popeye Jones. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how he you know this shit. Popeye Jones wasn't around very February long. 1998. Um, wow. Was, so the trade, so the trade was Chauncey Billups, D. Brown, um, Roy Rogers, and who was the fourth again? Uh, John, John Thomas. John Thomas. John John Thomas for <laughs> Kenny Anderson, Zahn Tabak, and Popeye Jones. Wow, that's incredible. Oh man, thanks, Patino. That was that's fun. just incredible. Oh man. Oh man. But uh, and and I know you mentioned it earlier today. I I kind of laughed about it only because it's like, oh, we traded him. Now we're gonna bring him back. Which is which is a dumb reason not to sign him, right? And like that was twenty well, whatever. Totally years, different organization. There's nobody in the existing organization that was here when that trade. Twenty three years later, yeah, it's not yeah. a thing. Um, but but clearly someone highly highly respected um, fits that point guard mold. He's going to coach in this league. Um, ironically, he's a co assistant with Kenny Atkinson on Ty Lue's staff. Uh, mm-hmm. So that is potentially a Boston connection, given Lou um, was an assistant under Doc uh, for 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 several years there. So, um, yeah, I think someone who can connect with, with the Tatum, connect with the Brown, um, and also have his viewpoint and his perspective around how he, um, how he would, um, want to, want to, want to kind of build this team from a, from a coaching perspective. So, um, someone, I think that's also going to be pretty high on the list, someone who will eventually coach in this league as a head coach, just a matter of what the right role is and, and what the right timing is. So, um. I think he was he was also rumored, wasn't he offered like the Cavaliers GM job like a few years ago too? So so obviously someone that people have a that organizations have a not that Dan Gilbert is the barometer for being He's able not. to judge judge talent. Smart move by Chauncey not to take that role, by the way. <laughs> not to take yeah, for a smarter move by Chauncey. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Spot on there. So he's, a, so he's even more intelligent than we thought. <laughs> obviously, someone that is held high within high regard within you know the, the league's inner circles that they felt he could go, you know, right right to the GM job. So 
Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, you know, he's certainly, I, 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 I would put him near the tippy top, I think of, uh, uh, of the list for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, you've read that he's got some connections to a lot of the current Celtics roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I, I don't, I, I haven't read enough or, you know, looked up enough about who specifically those people are, but if, uh, one of them is Jason Tatum, that checks a big, <laughs> checks a big box. I, I, um, I can't imagine any of those guys would love Chauncey as the coach given oh. like the, his, his, I mean, his, his attitude was so much of that, um, two thousand or 2000s decade uh, Pistons teams. Um, and just the, 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 I mean, so much fun watching him and Hamilton and Rashid, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn, like that was such a fun crew to watch. And, and he was the leader behind that entire organization. And it's a shame that we didn't get to see him in green um, uh, because Patino, you know, didn't, didn't know how to use him in a full court press. Uh, I, I do remember, was it, um, it was right after the last dance, I think, where everyone started watching old Bulls, Bulls games. And I remember watching that Bulls Celtics game uh, that I think Chauncey was, was pretty electric in. So um, I think it was, that, that might have been his first game. I think that was uh, his first game as a rookie. So, um, so yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good list there I think we put together. Um, I guess last question for you, what are we doing here? We're doing, who would you, if, if you, of course, like we're not interviewing these people, but if you were Brad, who would be at the top of your list? And who do you think the team will eventually hire? Um, will be the questions for you, and I'll, I'll now answer it as well. Um, I think people that, uh, of the names that we just talked about, I think uh, the ones I, that, I, well, well, I mean, well, well, let's quickly let's quickly talk about others. Like Jason Kidd, I don't know how no, his favorite. Absolutely not. That's not happening. Absolutely um, not. There's a t- lot of talk about Lloyd Pierce, the former head coach of the Hawks, potentially. potentially, who Steven seems to love. Um, but I think a huge red flag with him is that, you know, and, and I know that there's been a progression where Trey Young's development and they added some components to the roster this year that, you know, certainly kind of took them to another level. But the fact that he leaves, Nate McMillan steps into the shoes and yeah. has taken the Hawks to where they are about to eliminate the strange Knicks. timing. They're, they're about strange. to limit, they're, they're about to move on to the second round and eliminate the Knicks. Oh, I'm going to switch. I just got to see the Knicks fans cry. Sorry it'll for be the, strange, the, be strange the, timing. It'll be very strange timing. It, it, it would just, I just don't know if it's necessarily a, 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 you can do that just based on yeah. what you've seen the Hawks do this year, but that's a name you've heard quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Here's the interesting thing. I think Adrian Wojnarowski made a, a, a point that deserves watching today on ESPN and Nobody knows the league better than him or talks to enough people than he does, obviously. Um, he said that there might be some coaches that are still coaching their respective teams in the NBA playoffs right now that would have interest in the Celtics job. Did, did, so, did, so, so did you interpret that to mean head coaches or assistant I coaches? Think I, I, both. I think it's certainly both. But I think there's some there, I, I think there's some head coaches. Definitely. We've talked, uh, who have we, who, and not to, I mean, we could do this in the 20 minutes talking about other names, but names that come to mind that are realistic Rick are, Carlisle. that's one, yep, they say they end up losing the series to LA after being up 2-0, is it time for a change there? I don't know if Rick Carlisle's the answer in Boston right now for this roster, for this team, but with his experience and his credentials and the Boston okay. ties and- not bad. 
It's he's, I mean, he's been there 13 years. I mean, it's not, not bad. He's, not so, bad. he's someone who's going to be a commodity for any other team that has an opening. How, um, how are you going to deal with all his timeout stuff is the question. The, the, the quick timeouts. Sorry, keep going. Might, might be a good thing. I don't know. I mean, we, we made fun of it when we were playing against it, but maybe when he's on our side, things will be different. I don't know. Um, another, I, I just mentioned him. Another name here, someone like a Nate McMillan, who's, you know, has he done enough to have the intern tag removed? Yes. Yes. Maybe. yes. He, sure. He has, but you don't know how, has. you don't know what, are the Atlanta Hawks necessarily a stable organization? I don't think so necessarily. He, this someone like Nate McMillan might look at his opportunities and say, "What's a better, what's what's a better spot for me right now? Is it here in Atlanta? Yes, with a budding star and Trey Young, and you know, uh, you know, there's uncertainty about John Collins moving forward. If they, you know, want to sign him, if John Collins walks out the door, I forget if it's this season or next, but I know he's a free agent coming up. It was brought up in when he was a discussion for the Celtics yeah. as far as someone yeah. they could acquire." his contract situation was a concern. So it's either after this year or the next. Does he look at Trey Young and the situation in Atlanta, or do you look at a situation in Boston? Now, the Celtics might not have interest in Nate McMillan, but if you're Nate McMillan, I can go to coach a team, um, you know, a stable organization with, you know, leadership that's, you know, going to be there. You know, Brad Stevens isn't going anywhere unless he wants to. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that might be a better that, that might be a better option yeah. for Nate McMillan than than the Atlanta Hawks. It, it might be, it could be. So I I do my point in saying all this is I think that yes, he's talking about assistant coaches. Yes, the Sam Cassells of the world, um, Ime Udoka, who's from the Spurs coaching tree that um, coached for a bit with um, Brett Brown, I think in uh, Philly. Uh, spent time on the Spurs bench with Pop is now in Brooklyn on you know one of the top assistants for Nash. Um, you know he's he's another guy that that might be someone yep. that you know Woj is referring to. But yep. I, that's why I, I mean, don't I think mean this is, is, yeah, this field you know, is like I think Darman Ham and, and yeah, Milwaukee is another one you hear. Westside right, Junior. Yeah, don't expect like I'm saying, don't expect the head coach to come tomorrow. Like the change in GM and all that stuff came to fruition less than 12 hours after they were eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and uh, I mean, don't don't sleep on the fact that Scott Brooks was still coaching an NBA team uh, when that tweet went out. That was yes. in the playoffs, so maybe he was referring to to our boy Scott. Sorry, keep going, keep going. No, we we can cross that name off. Hey, if I make Bradley, if they if I make Bradley Beal want to come to that's uh, not a bad Washington. idea. No, it's not a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. It would be it's worse. A terrible thing ever. idea. No, I don't want Scott Brooks as my head coach. I'm sorry. All right, so uh, so we basically just we basically just said that like. There's 30 names that Stevens should be considering, so he's going to have a busy, uh, a busy summer here. Yeah, no, there, there's a ton. Um, it'll, it'll, I think it will take time. I, I think we should. There's, th- there's six weeks left of the NBA playoffs. Maybe the he, he wants to interview some of these assistants, and maybe that has to to, to, to take a few weeks for that to happen. I, I don't, I don't think you're going to lose anyone that you really want. I think the right candidates will wait for this job, so I think you can take your time. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this wasn't announced till till mid to late July. To be honest, but we'll, we'll, we'll I see. Know, I don't know if it's a long time. But. Yeah, no, I know they don't have to rush it because the draft doesn't happen all that time. You obviously yeah. want someone in place before the draft so they can kind of get on board with that, and then free agency is not going to be too much longer after that. So, um, July, yeah, drafts July 29th. So yeah, that's yeah, that, it's, it won't happen after that. I wouldn't be surprised if it creeps into to mid July though. So we'll see. Yeah, and it's all going to depend, I think, how certain teams do in the playoffs. Like if he's yeah. If 
if, you know, Chauncey Billups and Kenny Atkins are at the top of his list and, but you know, coaches agree to become head coaches and finish out their jobs with their other teams. It happens all the time. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily a thing, but anyway, we could keep doing this forever. Let's, let's get to, let, let's, let's get to who do we think is going to be the next head coach of the Boston Celtics. Do you want me to lead it off or do you want you can, to? You can, you can lead it. And, and I, I want who, who you hope is the coach and then maybe who you think is going to be the coach. They may be the same, but okay. if there's a difference. All right. Um, who I hope it's as the coach, I think, I, I think Sam Cassell is my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think uh, someone like Chauncey Billups is just, is just as, I think would be, I'd probably be almost as equally happy as someone like a Chauncey Billups with the Sam Cassell, but I think Cassell has a few more years experience. Um, you know, I, I, I like one that he won a championship here in Boston. Um, you know, yes, I know with a small role and I like the fact, and some people might think this is a knock, but I don't think it's necessarily a knock um, or that it would be a necessarily a bad thing that he comes from the Doc Rivers coaching tree. Spent a lot of time with him here in uh, with, with the Clippers. And then now, you know, obviously has played a, a big role, certainly in the success of the Sixers turnaround. Um, you know, I'm, I, I just think I, I, I think that's someone who fits the mold, former player, um, long tenured assistant and is kind of just, you know, the, the is, 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 is it prevents a, a, a Mm-hmm. A different set of skills than Brad Stevens does. That yep. I think if you're looking for someone different than Stevens, that's the route you go. All right. So you think it will be Cassell? Or, no, sorry, that's you, what, you, you hope it will be. Cassell. That's who I hope it will be. Who do, who do you think it will no, be? No, no, no. You do your hope. Let's go back and forth. I like this. I hope it will be game. Becky Hammond. Yeah. I think it'd be. An, I think it'd be an amazing story, and I think she'd do an amazing job. Uh, I don't have too much more to say other than that. I think. I think. Uh, I think Stevens is someone who is. Uh, I guess the, the one, I think he's got a lot of faith from the, the organization. And um, I think this would be a, a pretty revolutionary trailblazing hire, but I think she's someone who's ready. Uh, and Popovich obviously speaks extremely high, highly of her. And um, I think it'd be, I think it'd be just an amazing story. And I think she would do a great job with this team. So I hope it's Hammond. And I think it's going to be Becky Hammond. So interesting because I was going to say it's going to be Sam Cassell. Who? <laughs> <laughs> so while I want to convince myself that they're going to go the former player route, and there's a lot of qualified guys that fit that bill, I think it's going to be her for all the reasons you just said. Now, I don't want to get in trouble for what I'm about to say. Do I? <laughs> Do I think that she's the better choice for this team than a Sam Cassell or a Chauncey Billups necessarily at this case? I'm not necessarily sure I'm convinced of that. And that's no knock to her. Just kind of, I think what this roster needs mm-hmm. right now. Um, but I think she's certainly coming. From, I, 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 here's why I think it would work. And I think it's going to happen. I think Obviously, Tatum having that rapport mm-hmm. that I think he developed with a Greg Popovich when he, he played did, yeah. for the for the Team USA team, I think I think Tatum and Pop close is probably not the word. Um, deep mutual pro- respect. Deep mutual respect, absolutely. <laughs> that if in this thing, you know, Tatum's going to be consulted in it. 
Um, I hope so. For sure. Without, oh, I hope so too. Brad's not dumb enough to not, no. you know, bring, bring Tatum and then to an extent Brown or maybe even both equally I hope both into, this, them, yeah. into this discussion. Um, Pop will talk Tatum into it. And I think Tatum is going to take Pop's word. I think Stevens obviously looks up. Stevens and Pop obviously have a good relationship as well. Yep. Um, for those connections and that reason only, I not only, but those that's a big reason why I think it's going to happen. Interesting. We'll see. I another, think it'll make another, itself. Another, another female that I think would get consideration if she hadn't just left for the job and has only coached four games down at Duke would be Carol Lawson. Uh, because yeah, she was on the staff. They say that in her time here, the players, the current players, you know, um, had a big time respect for her. She had a commanding presence. Um, you know, I, you know, that I, I, I think it's just, that would just be a, that'd be a tough look yeah, for her. Yeah. And I know, again, it's the NBA and, and, and all that, but I just, I just don't think the timing is necessarily right for that. Yeah, so, and, and, and Hammond has had seven years of experience. Yes, uh, assisting absolutely. in the NBA. Hundred percent. I think I think you make a great point though that like, and we do have to talk about gender. I think the fact that there was a female assistant for the Celtics team that was was revered, and I, I just love that photo of everyone wearing the Duke gear when yep. she announced that she was taking that role, and you could tell that the team really connected like, with her. I like Marcus I like Smart every, I like everything but the Duke shirt, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> friends the, my friends gonna the, do. The, the message behind it yes i'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um but but you can tell this is a team that like uh isn't going to 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 let gender be the story it's going to be this is the best person for the job and this is the person who's going to help us win um right. and i think i think this is a team that that would would embrace that and i think you hear someone like jalen brown talk uh and and hopefully he's someone who we'll, we'll talk off season in another pod but hopefully he's someone here that's a really long time um I, I think this would be a team. I think it's the right team, the right situation, both for her and, and for the Celtics. Uh, but it's it's still a risk. The first time Brad's hiring a coach, is Cassell safer as a first-time coach? Probably. Um, he's not as safe as a former coach who's coming back, like a Lord Pierce, but, a, but of course, or a Jason Kidd, but there, there's, there's also some downside there too. So it will, it will be interesting. Um, uh, lots of different paths that can go down. I also think, and this isn't the reason to hire her because it's, it's a bad reason for it to be, but I think the city of Boston in light of, and, and it's a, to, and a hiring a female is a, is totally different than I think, unfortunately how the whole race thing has been brought to the forefront by our good friend Kyrie Irving the last couple of weeks or the last week or so. And the more, and the moron who threw that bottle, like keep going. And the moron who threw the bottle at him, Adam. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the, the 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 city and the fan base and the people here. You know, obviously the it, it's it's more of a negative light than a positive light right now, just given the the, the you know the, the the current situation. And I think the Celtics organization being the first organization to hire a female as the head coach in not just the NBA but in any professional sport. I think it's something the city of Boston kind of needs right now and the fan base needs. And not that we, not that they necessarily, not that the city has and the fan base and everything has to necessarily repair their image because the problems that they say here exist everywhere. You know, that, that I, I think it's a little bit on, do they exist here? Absolutely. Historically have been more situations that, you know, make the criticism of Boston, um, you know, fair. Yes, absolutely. But the problems that do exist, I think, 
they they certainly exist everywhere. I think a hire like that, something like a, a groundbreaking glass breaking hire like that would certainly kind of help with that. Yes, I know gender and race two totally different issues, but I think it I think it would certainly be a positive thing. Yeah, and, and I think the Celtics organization has been historically going back to the Red Arbor days a little bit more progressive on than it gets um, credit for. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, the Red Sox are, are dead last probably of any franchise ever, um, mm-hmm. given Yaki and the last team to integrate and, and all that. So d- different franchises in the same city. But I think I think Celtics do have a, a history. And um, I, I don't think Bill Russell, maybe he certainly didn't love every moment of, of, of his time in Boston, but he was certainly given a platform by, by Red. And um, was he the first player coach? Um uh, at least first African-American player coach yes. won a championship yep. uh, mm-hmm. and, and obviously developed deep respect for, for Red Arback. Um, so I think, I think it's a, it's an organization that has that history and um, it should be fun. I mean, we'll, we'll see. And um, you know, I hope it happens. Do you think it happens? I mean, I, I think we're, it sounds like we both hope it happens given, given this conversation, mm-hmm. if it's Cassell, I think we're both excited about that too. I just hope that Hammond gets a, gets a shot and I'm sure they, I'm sure she will. Um, and it will come down to, how people do and, and how Stevens thinks the the candidates will, will best connect with his players. I'm sure he still sees them as, as his players in terms of folks that he's brought up uh, from the very early days when Jalen Brown was, was scared to take a 15 footer back in that first playoff mm-hmm. run. Um, uh, like, and, and how far some of these guys have, have come along the way. So um, it should be exciting. I think it's a team that's ready for that next chapter and it, it, it'll be fun to have some familiar faces, but also some new faces to root for. Uh, in the in the months and years to come, we just we all we did was just get a jump start on what's going to be a crazy off season for our Boston Celtics, Pat. That's all. This is a heck of a lot more fun than talking about uh, how they're going to figure out two years and seventy whatever million of, of Kemba Walker who can't stay on the floor and uh, all the other not fun stuff to talk about. So that's uh, not well, coaching well, search season. I think as you know, as disappointing as going out in the first round was an early exit, I think will be good for this team moving forward, given the lack of an off season that they had last year, um, given the situation with the bubble um, and the run they had. And then the short turnaround from season to next couple that with Tatum, Walker, Brown and smart all playing on the, um, the world cup team, whatever the hell it was called leading into the season that leading into the season that ended in the bubble. Um, They really haven't had a break. I think, yes, I think you, I think you could argue a break is going to be good for a lot of them. I think so. I think so. Gives us something, gives us something to, to, to get excited about opposed to running it back with the same group as the East gets stronger and they get weaker. So it should be a, should be fun. All righty. Well, we will, um, well, we'll have to do another emergency pod once they make the hire. We'll see if it's in the next couple <laughs> weeks or if it's next month. Uh, but uh, yeah, otherwise awesome. this is this was fun. Obviously, a lot to talk about, um, and we'll be we'll be watching the the airways and the twitters pretty closely in the uh, in the weeks to come. Woj or Woj or Woj or Sham's going to have it first. You think? I think Woj will have it first. <laughs> Usually a safe bet. Shams is good. Usually a safe bet. Yep. Uh, Woj is Woj is kind of the. They the, the gotta be. Oh, man. Right, man. Let me just check Twitter real quick to make sure, that make they sure they hired anybody in this hour and a half. Like we should have it. No, no, we're good. <laughs> it's a marathon session. It is. It right, is. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. All right. See ya.